That Force Radio. That Force Radio is rated M for mature. Or should that be immature? Hey guys, Dustin Wint. Hey, this is Scott Snyder. This is Paul Dini. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. You're listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Tom King. I write Batman Bitch. And this is Bat Force Radio. Graham Scott is podcasting shirt on somewhere. Welcome to Bat Force Radio, the Batman slash DC podcast for no limits. Now um, recommended number one by iTunes. I uh, we got a stack episode for you. I got Robin Cross up in Canada. Hey, and we got uh we got the books to talk about for November 7, twenty eighteen. Uh, we can start off. Let's start off with Batman number fifty eight. Um, this is by. Um, Tom King and uh, who did the interiors on this one? Mikkel Janin. I didn't read the solicits, but not too long ago, I was saying to myself, "Man, you know, we haven't seen the Penguin in a long time. <laughs> I feel like he's been lost in the mix." And um, I don't know, maybe I just this was a surprise to me. I didn't know uh, a little Penguin arc was coming, but this was a, a nice surprise. And to really, I, I always see this. I always see the solicits. You know, being you know working at the shop. Uh, I end up seeing most things before they come out, but also uh, at Fan Expo back uh, end of August, beginning of September, chatted with uh, with Tom a little bit about this arc coming up. It's good to see the penguin here. It opens up with him getting some bad news about Penny Cobblepot being her her throat being slit outside of the club, I believe. Um, yes, yeah, so not a good time. That's that's his wife. Yeah. Uh, as a result of her death, uh, incidentally, there's a poem that Oswald recites throughout the remainder of the issue. And uh, that's actually, it's a Shakespeare poem called The Phoenix and the Turtle. Uh, so the turtle, uh, the titular turtle is a is referring to a turtle dove, not a turtle turtle. So it's, it's a story of the, like basically the love and death of the death of love between these two birds so you know, yeah. allegorically connecting to penguin and penny i think when we had tom king on the first i think when we did a lightning round i think we asked i don't know if i could be wrong but i think he mentioned shakespeare was his choice if he uh had could sit down with one person dead or alive it was a nice touch whenever you're dealing with the penguin it's always poetic and dramatic was it pain and prejudice was that four issue yes. series so good if anyone ever gets a chance to read penguin pain and prejudice uh you yeah. really understand the inner workings of the tormented penguin um and, and if you want to see penguin being really dangerous mm, yeah then watch batman returns my nose could be gushing blood <laughs> cool artwork um i dig how he's blasting batman with penguins plasma and he has a uh, classic penguin so he got the umbrella it's funny, those colors of his umbrella remind me of uh, Umbrella Corp from Resident Evil. Oh, yeah. I didn't yeah. even think of that. I was just going to say, it's interesting. The, the story of this gets more interesting if you consider it with the the bigger picture of the the larger story that's that's been going on. It's basically Penguin uh, 
gets taken in sort of uh, gets framed for a crime, for a murder by, well, assumingly by Bane, because they found another one of these people murdered, uh, another one of these girls murdered, but there was a feather found on the floorboards. If you consider everything, like we also fi- find out in this issue that Bane is pissed at Cobblepot about how the freeze trial went down. He blames partially Cobblepot and partially Bruce Wayne. Mm. Uh, but that all becomes pretty interesting because it makes it, it suggests that like we see, you know, I assume that Bane got Penguin set up so that he could get him into Arkham and have this face to face with him. Right. And it also we know that Bruce Wayne, you know, previously bought his way onto the jury so that he could convince the jury that Batman was wrong and that Freeze was innocent and that, you know, give them a reasonable doubt so that they couldn't convict him. So that all suggests uh, like Bane ha- or Freeze having been framed for for these murders suggests that we can connect invisible dots and use our jump to conclusions, Matt, and jump to the conclusion that it was Bane that framed Freeze for this, which means that Bane wanted Freeze into Arkham 2, presumably to use him as another tool against Batman. King, man, Tom King sure likes Bane. <laughs> <laughs> I like how he's tying things together. Even when after he blasts him with that penguin uh, plasma or whatever, and the Batman clocks him and it says pow. <laughs> nice little uh, yeah. nod to uh, Adam West days. Only thing, only, all right, I get, I, I, I get that King wanted Penguin and Bane to link up, but I, you know, I do have a gripe. And you know what the gripe is, and that is, yeah. we know, you know, folks, for listening, people get it wrong a lot. Characters like Bane and Catwoman and Penguin do not get sentenced to Arkham Asylum for the criminally insane. They get sentenced to Blackgate Prison. Having Penguin here sentenced or sent over to Arkham doesn't make sense. Penguin is a nasty little corrupt politician mobster figure but he's not part of the criminally subtle you know like unless we presume that you know for all we know batman did take him into blackgate but we know that bane is to at least to a large extent running arkham everyone that that gets put in there is coming and reporting to him he's obviously not uh, exactly locked up in a cell he's got his own place set up where everyone can come and see him so for all we know Batman did bring Penguin to Blackgate, and Bane pulled strings to have him brought to Arkham. We can we can pretend that in our heads. Really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying you know, it's it's possible. And as far as uh, like, I understand in only in the case of this story arc, why Selina would have been put in there, and I I would have to think that's because of the. 137 yeah. murders she was being blamed for. Yeah, yeah. she's like, I think if you murder 137 shit. people, yeah, they assume yeah. you're insane. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that that's maximum security for someone like that. Hey, you know, he did get, um, what was it, uh, uh, the ventriloquist name wrong in the past as well? What, oh, yeah. Was it, was Didn't it, it say something besides Wesker? It yeah, said. it's like Wesler or something. <laughs> and when he's like, damn it, I spelled it wrong. And then he played it off like, you know what? Let's just say that they consider him so pathetic that they can't even spell mm-hmm. his name right at Arkham. It happens sometimes. And Sean Murphy uh, in White Knight, had, when he was on our show, he admitted that the reason for the change in the order of Dick and Jason being Robin, you know, 
uh, Jason having been first. He told us that it was because he just you know, just mixed it up in his mind when he was writing it. Yeah. Then uh, I saw a tweet recently. I may have brought this up before. There was a tweet where someone asked him about that. And he said that it was so that he could have the ages work Mm-hmm. with you know the story that he was telling i see you're trying to pull a fast one there yeah you got hey you know that's why industry nerds come to the bat force we're like the um the green lantern guardians overlooking batman <laughs> fans of all will be well hey there's so much to know in batman mythology that it's not easy for you know any one writer to always be accurate and on point all the time but like we said all the constants are like ivy might have good intentions sometimes but she is a villain joker has no known origin penguin catwoman bane hell people like that belong in black gate not arkham just for anyone who you know might question it so um this issue very cool like he's in arkham and then he goes to see bane very submissive to bane as well the penguin is and Really interesting image where Bane is just sitting on pretty much a throne of skulls and right next to him is some kind of figure in the Flashpoint Batman suit. Could that be Thomas Wayne? It's That's Tom King fucking with us even more. Like, hey, check this out. I know what it is. You don't know what it is, but check it out. <laughs> like, Thomas Wayne standing next to Bane, man. This is crazy. We had, seen, uh, we had seen that for the first time at the end of Batman 50 and we've been speculating since then. But uh, also the presence of skeets being there you know bane having a possession of a skeets from whatever timeline it's from yeah uh, suggests that he i guess would be able to somehow produce thomas wayne plausible penguins mourning the loss of his penny and then there's this thing what happens with bane about them getting their lives back their lives back and having to put a hit on alfred pennyworth right yeah and that, that leads to the most interesting part of this chapter of the whole saga that we've been going in since Rebirth. Uh, because as we've seen Bane has, we didn't know initially that, that it was what was going on, but we've eventually learned that what's been happening is Bane is bringing in all of these people as part of tearing Batman down piece by piece. So here for the first time, we see someone finally go against him. Because you know, right after uh, we get out of the funeral, Oswald tells tells his guys it's it's time to get to business now, and he explains that uh, as we said, well, Bane is angry about the Freeze case, but Freeze getting off and not going into Arkham, uh, he puts a lot of the blame, luckily, on Bruce Wayne, and all that Oswald has to do for them to keep their lives is to just take out. Bruce Wayne's manservant, Alfred. Poor Alfred. Hand chopped off. What yeah. else? <laughs> he, I love how he's cleaning the dinosaur teeth in the Batcave. He's hanging upside down. Really yeah, cleaning out. cleaning uh, blood off from when Reverse Flash was there back in Batman number 21. Yeah, a lot of stuff happened in this Tom King run, man. A bird flies through the window at first, right? And there was like some well, kind of intruder. I'm sure that was set up that way to to draw him because as we and I actually mentioned something out of order. Uh, Penguin, uh, that feather being found in the floorboards wasn't to get Penguin into Arkham. It was to get, uh, it was to draw Batman to him so that he could uh, one get him away from from the from the cave, I guess, and two just to get Batman to come to come after him so that he could have this uh, this chance to make a proposition to him. Yeah, and that's where it gets interesting because after that alarm goes off, Alfred goes upstairs, 
and he finds this bird that's come apparently come through the window. Yeah. But as he's arriving there, at the same time, Batman is fighting through Penguin's goons to get to Oswald himself. And just as he reaches him, we see Alfred picking up this bird that's apparently come through the window. Mm. And just as he's doing that, there's that helicopter outside, and a sniper has that red dot right on Alfred's forehead. And we see him uh, call in to, to Cobblepot and tell him that we've got Alfred here. Should I pull the trigger? This is where the first person goes against Bane. Oswald tells him, no, I think not. Kill the pilot, then kill yourself. Kind of harsh. And apparently the guy does it because we hear the two bangs. But yeah, Penguin goes against Bane and then uh, tells Batman that they need to talk about things. Penguin double crosses the double crosser. Now it makes you think about who killed Penny as well. Yeah, so. yeah I, I'm figuring, you know, it, uh, I assumed that was punishment on mm-hmm. Penguin for, uh, for everything, you know, whatever else Bane blames him for. Yeah. Oh, and if you look at the splash page where Alfred's cleaning the teeth, Bats is wearing the purple cape again. I thought that was kind of interesting because I thought he was going back to a full-blown year one suit. But when, yeah. when, you, when you look at it, it's all over the place because you have the, the Christopher Nolan bat symbol on the bat signal now. And <laughs> so it's all over the place. Great, uh, great issue. It's good to see the penguin in the mix because I feel like he, he's a little more on the underused side these days. When you could do a lot with him. So, um, what happened in Justice League this week? Well, the, this is number eleven, and it's part two of Drowned Earth. Right. So, this continuing the invasion of sort of it, they're they're almost like uh, dark multiverse versions of Aquaman characters in that they're you know, the the sea gods from you know this so almost like another dimension and. Uh, Apparently they're pretty pissed off because huh. they they infected the water and anyone who infects the water gets mutated into these monsters. And surprisingly, a lot of people that you wouldn't expect to be just infected and you know destroyed mm. have been. Like we saw Commissioner Gordon get uh, infected previously, and it's there's there's a body count going on. Art by Francis Manipal uh, on this one, by the way, nice. and. What is basically a Jason Momoa Aquaman variant cover is, is just ridiculously cool. Continuing a whole lot of bad. Uh, things still aren't going well uh, every time. Uh, so we have different groups off. Uh, Aquaman and Wonder Woman are off on a quest that they think they're going to fix everything. But uh, that ends with, at the end of their quest, they find Poseidon and Arthur has believed this whole time that, uh, well, recently he's at, on their quest. He's we see he's starting to believe that uh, Poseidon can teach him. Uh, well, first of all, give him his powers back because these gods had previously taken his powers away and given them to Black Manta, and made him the new Aquaman. Mm. Uh, so. Arthur is uh, starting to be convinced that Poseidon could, one, give him his power back, and two, teach him how he could use that power to, to kill these invading sea gods and, and save the planet. But when they do uh, make their way to him, and Arthur starts to explain it, Poseidon tells him, if you think I'm your savior, then you're already dead. And as he says that, he's impaling him. Hmm. Damn. 
So yeah, that that way doesn't go well. And on the other side, we've got uh, Superman, Mira, and Flash, who Flash uh, is infected uh, by this uh, tainted seawater. But he's using the Speed Force to slow the infection, so you can see him throughout the issue slowly starting to turn, and he he talks about being able to feel the infection spreading. Mm. Uh, So they go on... uh, on a quest to find uh, an, another weapon mm. uh, called the Tear of Extinction. Yeah. So when they get to the end of their the end of their road where this weapon is supposed to be hidden. They find that they're too late, and Black Manta is there and has already taken the weapon. The issue basically ends with uh, Aquaman impaled by this sort of demonized version of Poseidon and uh, Batman is attempting to uh, evacuate the watchtower or uh, the hall of justice rather, not the watchtower uh, with um, the singularity from the first arc because the uh, Lex is still trying to take that back from him. So Batman is about to uh, evacuate as the earth is being flooded, there's almost no earth left that's not flooded at this point. Mm. So as Batman's trying to evacuate with, uh, with the singularity and also, uh, carrying along Jaro, what, which is, uh, one of the fragments of the exploded Starro. So all of the, uh, all of the pieces of Starro when he exploded are, essentially now little organisms just like so they've been growing a starro in a jar because it's starro in a jar it's called jarro oh god (laughs) so batman has one of those that he's been using uh it's it's telepathic powers to uh to attempt to communicate with the league Mm. but uh, as he is about to evacuate the uh, legion of doom busts in on him and Mm. that sets up the next issue uh, we'll be seeing an already injured Batman. He's uh, he got fucked up pretty pretty fierce a few issues back. Uh, he's still in this suit that is mending his body. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in the next issue, we'll see him in that suit taking on Lex, Sinestro, Joker, Cheetah, and Grodd. So yeah, so um, this week, Beware My Power, Green Lantern number one drops by Grant Morrison and uh, illustrated by Liam Sharp, who uh, did uh, the first, I think he's the guy who did like Wonder Woman number one for Rebirth, I believe, in the beginning of that. Yep. He's pretty yep. good. Earthman. And more recently, he did that uh, uh, Batman Wonder Woman Brave and the Bold uh, yes. called issue series. That was good. Can't wait for that hardcover, man. So that's going to be a nice book. Uh, uh, Earthman Hal Jordan brings justice to the stars. Um, it kind of it starts off a little dense, as expected from Morrison, with business as usual with the lanterns and uh, the phlegm lantern, and just a bunch of crazy shit going on until we zoom over to Earth, where it's titled Intergalactic Law Man. Pretty much, Hal Jordan is uh, taking it a little more easier these days, as um, I guess he's like a, a traveling toy salesman or something like that or yeah he's uh he's pretty much laying low these days at one point he's on the road walking where he's confronted by what's considered a colony creature 
I guess it's like a shit, an organism spread out through different figures. In this case, um, as old homeless men, and it was really interesting where there was while Hal was fighting them, uh, a couple was driving by, and the guy says, "Don't look at them, honey. Bum fight championships. They're in training." Holy cow! Grant Morrison just made a bum fight reference. Are you familiar <laughs> with bum fights? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So for those that don't know, Bum Fights was this DVD series that was started like in the early 2000s. And it was basically some kids that would just filming homeless people fight or fight each other or do the stupidest shit. Like, yeah, I think they eventually got sued for it by the homeless people <laughs> like that were taken advantage of. It was just it's fucking ridiculous. It's like the jackass days, you know. But the fact that yeah. Grant Morrison made a reference to that in this issue... Like, man, I wonder what he's been doing with his spare time these days. It's a a weird reference to come from him, considering the the subject matter that he usually draws from. Like science journals and shit. Yeah, and uh, he gets into, like, a lot of metaphysical stuff. And, you know, if, if you hear him talk, he talks about, like speaking with like uh buddhists and stuff like that yeah so uh, from buddhist to bum fights is a, a leap yeah it pretty much shows uh so jordan um you know he throws the, the ring and lantern back on he gets sent up um saves some people now he's gonna report into the new oa and and it sounds like new adventures of how jordan will take place with uh grant morrison for the a real quick concise read over read um but at the end it shows uh, a vivid section where they're extracting the heart of weapon Ear. so uh i thought that was a really interesting panel as well liam sharp did a great job in the illustration of this one deathstroke what happened in deathstroke this week deathstroke is uh continuing priest's storyline uh deathstroke arkham so following the batman versus deathstroke arc uh slade is locked up in arkham Mm. and uh everyone's going, going to arkham through... now no more <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we see slade uh, a lot uh being put through this sort of uh vr uh rehabilitation sort of uh stuff like a vr rehab mm. uh along with uh, a lot of the other inmates so we see him uh having vr interaction with uh, like two-face and uh Mad Hatter and Scarecrow and you know, everybody that's in there, he's uh, he's having these mixed interactions with. Basically, the that's the bulk of this one. Slade sort of trying to tell the difference between what's real, what's in this VR stuff, what he's hallucinating. Uh, he has all these. He has weird memories. Uh, first of all, he's being pumped full of drugs while he's in there. Yeah. Uh, to uh, inhibit some of his uh, natural abilities, sort of twisted up in his head and isn't sure what's real. He has these memories of like having fought aliens and then memories of having broken out of Arkham through paths that don't exist when he attempts to show them to the doctor. The larger story that uh, takes up half this issue is uh, one between Deathstroke's kids. So uh, uh, between uh, Joseph, a.k.a. Jericho, and Rose Wilson. So uh, Jericho shows up at Rose's apartment, and he's wearing uh, one of Deathstroke's icon suits. 
Hmm. And uh, he he shows up there impersonating, de- pretending he is Deathstroke. And because he can't speak, uh, the icon suit has the equivalent of vocal cords, you know, built into the neck of it. Yeah. So it allows him to speak with Slade's voice, uh, <laughs> since he doesn't have a voice of his own. So he shows up there pretending to be uh, Slade, and he thinks he's fooled Rose huh. into thinking that he is, but we find out later that she was wise to it, or at least somewhere along the line she picked up on it. But he shows up and uh, gives her the story that there's someone who is in Arkham who is scheduled to be executed at midnight but someone else has put out a hit on her to be killed before that just to prove a point so what they need to do is to get there and make sure that this hit doesn't take place and that she is you know left to just to be executed uh, as she was supposed to legally be mm. uh what ends up happening in in the end is uh he turns uh, we see him turning on her. We think we see him turning on her and uh, putting a beating on her. And uh, he, after he carries out the, assa- the assassination on the target himself, uh, he finishes the beat down on Rose and then drags her out of the cell that this inmate was in. And as he's dragging her out, he pulls off the mask and we see that it's actually Two-Face Damn. wearing this death stroke suit. Damn. That's crazy. So that's so that's how that one ends. Uh, Harvey Dent in Deathstroke suit with a smoking gun in one hand, dragging Rose across the floor with the other hand. That's fucking awesome. Dude. That's good shit, man. Says Priest is a good writer. He used to write Black Panther, right? You know the... uh, he's he's written everything yeah. over the years. Like you could tell this guy's a seasoned writer, and he really understands Deathstroke's voice and how. Yeah. To, and you know. And, uh, and this, he's really uh, building up how capable and how dangerous Deathstroke is. There's, there's a point in this issue in particular where uh, his ex-wife, uh, the, you know, the government uh, s- secret agent, uh, is speaking to uh, Wintergreen. She, basically, she's, at, she's behind everything that's been happening to him. You know, she, basically, she's trying to get him killed. She talks about... Uh, getting him put into Arkham, you know, it was her her doing. And she said, uh, like, this was a last resort. I, I sent Superman after him. I sent Batman after him. And you know, so she's she's trying to take him out. And <laughs> she sent everybody after him. Yeah. And, and he's still going. Awesome. Incorporating Two-Face in this makes a lot of sense. Almost cool, like, you think about Two-Face has a, a split face. but And then you think, like, Slade's mask. It's, like, split with color, isn't it? So I always thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. As well for them to do something like that, but uh, but yeah, man, that's good shit, man. Make sure you guys head over to your comic book shops and pick up your stack, man. Yeah. There's a lot coming out this week that we didn't cover either. I haven't uh, been able to read everything yet, but Nightwing 52, Green Arrow 46, Damn. Uh, the first issue of Suicide Squad, Black Files, mm. uh, uh, Adventures of Super Sun. Uh, uh, yeah, there's tons of stuff. We're done with the. Uh, uh, this might be uh, too far off topic. If you're uh, still talking comics, I will go back to that. But uh, I just wanted to touch on this. You watched uh, Walking Dead last night, yeah? Yeah, man. That was some good shit, man. You know, yeah. I have to admit, when the season started, I was like, uh, but if you stick with it, I'm like, 
I think it's finding its footing again. This couple episodes are really good. This episode was really good. I did. I think you called it. I called it too. I knew he was going to get picked up in that helicopter. Like you could just tell the whole yeah. time the girl's talking about being extracted. Do you have an A or an B? I was wondering if like A was female, B was. Is this in the comics? The A and B thing. Uh, yes, sort of. Uh, there's another community that uh, we uh, that we met in the comics. What maybe eight to ten issues ago. Right. And uh, this seems like that's the direction that they're going. So it makes uh, a change in the timeline-wise, but they've had to do some major shakeups in the show anyway with uh, yeah. cast member exits like uh, you know Gimple uh, getting rid of Carl, who is Laurel. basically the future of the story. You know, like uh, he, mm. in the comics, he was the future of the story, and Gimple just derailed that yeah. uh, in the TV show. Yeah, but yeah, this season it's it's already the best it's been in what for the last three or four years. It's and it's uh, I tell you, man, yeah, that, that, this this week's episode was one of the best episodes I, ever. I know when he saw Herschel in his dream, I was like, oh man, that that was like, especially considering the, the actor Scott Wilson recently passed too, made it even more. Like bittersweet. Damn it, where's Glenn though? Yeah, from what I understand, uh, Stephen Yan didn't want to be uh, a part of it. You know, didn't didn't want to come back to do uh, to yeah. do a scene. They got uh, Punisher John Bernthal back to do Punisher uh, Shane Keaton. That's right. Yeah, that that was really clever because they took us back to the beginning of episode one where where yeah. we met Rick. Uh, you know, being in in the patrol car with with Shane. Yeah. My whole time watching this episode was like, man, that guy has endless amounts of blood in him, dude. Like, if he, yeah, he, he was gushing. If he did not bleed out at this point, it's just, just you have to suspend your disbelief, right? And just, uh, yeah, just yeah. Um, it was a good, it was a good, um, it was a good episode, and it's gonna be interesting to see this flash forward period now that Judith's older and Carol looks like the elf from Lord of the Rings now with the bow and arrow and the long white hair and. <laughs> Um, I gave up on the show, but I was going to still watch it anyway. It's, yeah. it, that makes sense. It, so, you know, I can't, you know, I, I don't know. It, it was a good episode and uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens now because everything's changed. I think the whisper, what are they called? The whisperers or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the way that the, the, the timeline for the, that they're doing with this jump is pretty well in line with the comics. Uh, the only difference is that this this time jump happened immediately after finishing all out war uh you know when they when they took down negan uh the very next issue was this time jump so we jumped forward to you know everyone being older and uh that's where we were introduced to this new group uh magna and everyone else uh right. arriving in the community and that was also the beginning of uh the introduction to the whispers cool um it's, it feels like a, a, it feels like a soft reboot. I mean, I guess that's how it plays in the comics. It changes up a bit. Yeah. But a lot of things have changed now, and I think the show, as they slowly introduce the whispers, unless they do it over the course of an episode, make everything clear. I think it will lose some viewers again because the way it went in the comics, they do this slow introduction where you see if if anyone doesn't know the story of the whisperers yet and you know what's going to be coming up just stop listening because i'm going to fuck up the show for you 
but uh, the way it played out in the comics, you already know who the Whisperers are, yeah. right? Yeah. So the way it played out in the comics is we get introduced slowly. We have a few instances of you know, members of the of the surviving people uh, having these encounters with uh, large groups of walkers, and they start reporting that they were hearing that they were hearing them whispering to each other. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, then people think start thinking that they're they're crazy, and we start seeing uh, walkers wielding knives and things like that. Mm. And at that point in the comics, like when when it got to the point that they you were seeing them talking to each other, that was the only time that I've ever thought, oh, I'm gonna have to stop reading this uh, if if we're going the road of evolving zombies you know where they're now talking to each other and and using weapons uh, i'm out (laughs) but what kirkman was actually building was something that turned out to be really twisted and really cool Mm, because we find out that it's not that at all it's just something completely fucked up that you didn't think of that's pretty that's pretty cool if you're thinking that they are evolving and you're like this is ridiculous then all of a sudden it's people wearing walker faces on their faces and you know yeah that's even more fucked up you know this group of nomadic people who just live on the live on the road in herds of walkers blending in with them (laughs) that's that's nuts yeah man it looks like we came full circle in in the walking dead at this point it almost feels like a new like it's going to be somewhat of a new series but with old faces and new faces and a whole new situation, so. Yeah, and with uh, the announcement that Gimple made on Talking Dead after the show was over, that they'll be producing a series of uh, original films yeah, set crazy. in the Walking Dead universe, and so we we will see. Uh, in I think the first one is going to be the Rick Grimes story, so we'll see uh, mm. where exactly he's getting flown off to. Gonna be, they're gonna be AMC is gonna be milking this cow <laughs> forever, man. It's, it's well, fun. if 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 how this season is going is any sign, because look at so far in this new season, they the show has found a new life. Like this is a resurgence of the show yeah. uh, under the new runner, and you know if uh, if that's a sign of how these movies are gonna go, and there's there could be a lot of interesting stuff there too, because he talked about you know we'll see stories from characters we know who are already dead uh, from but stories from their past and stories from the present around the world and maybe stuff from the future there's, there's a lot that could be done there. Oh, yeah like around the world free rain. Yeah. yeah yeah for sure when they have free reign to tell uh whatever stories they want and aren't constrained by uh an overall storyline of what's going on within a, a certain group of people that frees up to do a lot of things have you been watching amc's um the eli roth horror special uh yeah the only one i missed was the second episode of of the slashers ones because they pulled a fast one i forgot that they were doing the second episode the following night so the first one played on the sunday as normal but then the second episode played on the Monday night, and I forgot that it was on, and and missed it. So you saw the one um, there with themes. So there was um, I forgot. Yeah. I think they had like the '80s stuff, 
last a week ago was like exorcism possession demonic possession stuff like that um, yeah they and they started off with zombies i think oh yeah and this week they did monsters this week but they also incorporated uh, beasts where it was like pennywise and uh Jaws, and they did Cujo and, Cujo and the, bird. the birds. Yeah, uh, it was so well done. I love how they were interviewing uh, Andy Machete and his sister, Barbara Machete, yeah, yeah. The, of it and everything. And it's cool. It like really puts horror in perspective. It's starting to feel like this trend that horror might be the new superhero in the next two years yeah. because horror is colossal right now. It last year did like two hundred short of a billion. Um, this year, Michael Myers came out and it, it made a lot of money. I guess ex- exceeds yeah, the mix. Broke records and yeah. Um, and now we know that uh, because it did so well, they're redoing basically all of the Stephen King uh, adaptations. Pet Cemetery. Robert England was recently on the Goldbergs as Freddy Krueger again, and now yeah. there's been all this talk and buzz and whatever you want to call it about possibly reprising his role one more time. I think we I think we spoke about this in the Halloween episode, but it's it's pretty cool because you know even now with, with the Walking Dead finding a new life for itself, uh, I think it's a good thing because um, there's a there's so much superhero fatigue now. I think uh, some horror stuff would balance it out, and that Eli Roth special on AMC is really good. I, I've been really enjoying that one. Yeah, next week's gonna be yeah, vampires. I, I like so. the cast of uh, I like the cast of people that they talk to on it oh, there's everyone, like that, yeah. that yeah and how they're sort of these other guests that branch into it for each episode you know depending on what they're talking about but there's that core there's that table in that room that eli is sitting at with <laughs> greg nicotero and rob zombie, rob zombie yeah. and just like those three guys like that that's a pretty cool start yeah and then you know he has stephen king quentin tarantino uh freaking everyone man it was cool to learn things about the making of gremlins and how yeah. he thought he he brought that from old movies like the invisible man i think it was where at one point it's funny and the other point it's absolutely scary and uh that push pull factor is is it gives you this whole new experience when watching a movie because he was like yeah the gremlins you know you have this typical 80s little furry pet trope from the 80s but then you have these green monsters with chainsaws everywhere so you you know that was an interesting approach you know when when they actually talk about how they made these movies and the thought process behind it it was it just shows how interesting horror could be and then i then i remember how brilliant jaws was man like that that was a brilliant movie at it for its time like yeah it's a, yeah, it's a great show to really put things in perspective uh, i was just gonna say every week uh i keep hoping that at some point Eli is going to make Rob Zombie uh, <laughs> reveal some information about Three from Hell. <laughs> I'm waiting to, to find out something about that because I don't know what the fucking story is for that yet. Yeah, that and like uh, House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects are two of my favorites. Uh, so it's really super exciting that uh, he's bringing that he's bringing them back for another movie because he had said for a long time that he had an idea for a story with the three of them that worked and made sense. Yeah. But we just don't know what that, at least I haven't heard anything of what the hell it is. Okay. And also uh, on that note, uh, American horror story, uh, apocalypse has been doing phenomenal as well. Like, uh, yeah, I love this season. 
Yeah, that's been, you know, with the, the post-apocalyptic, the, the pretty much the devil versus uh, the coven. And, um, yeah, that's, that's been really popular. That's another, that's like, you know, American Horror Story found the new life as well within that series, within exactly. the season. So that's pretty good. And even on that note, one of the big, even, another big surprise for me this year has been, I know you haven't seen it, but uh, the, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, which I've, I am absolutely loving. This this show is I I never watched the old sitcom that they did. I think Nickelodeon did it. Sabrina the Teenage It came from like Art the Archie Riverdale universe, right? But I yeah. I could never watch that show. It was just too Nickelodeon. It was too This Netflix series Chilling Adventures of Sabrina uh it's played the Sabrina's it's starred by that girl who grew up on Mad Men. She was a uh, Sally Draper, the group of Mad Men. Um, this show is excellent. It, you know the story about it? Like she's like um, she's a half witch. One one of her parents is mortal. The other was, I think, a warlock. And uh, so yeah, and and isn't she supposed to choose which life she wants yeah. or something? So her aunts are raising her. They're two witches, and she's supposed to go to um, pretty like the school of unseen arts or something. It's like you know which school and. And, you know, the devil wants her to go, but she doesn't want to give up her mortal standing, her mortal life. So there's that battle between her letting her in and study there and also remaining, living in, in this, this this world with her friends and, you know, like normal people. But um, it's, you know, this, this, sh- this show is so well filmed. It is so, the cinematography is amazing. I found nods to The Exorcist, to Nightmare on Elm Street, a huge nod to... Um, Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight, like, like one of her aunts is the, the British lady that was in um, Wonder Woman. Remember, like the uh, I guess okay. the secretary of the assistant. Uh, she's excellent in it too. It was it was a big surprise this year. Another one from Netflix between yeah. Haunting of Hill uh, House. I think and, uh, I think you're talking about uh, Lucy Davis. Is that uh, from Yeah, uh, from Shaun of the Dead. Oh, she she was from that as well. I didn't know. It's dark, man. There's a lot of like satanic, demonic shit. It's like you couldn't get away with this shit in the fifties, but it's so well done. Like if you're into, you know, like old school Victorian vintage horror, creepy, spooky Halloween aesthetic or whatever you want to call it, um, they they nail all of this. It's really well done. I don't want to give and, any spoilers uh, it, away, but and it it comes from a comic as well. Yes, it does. They give a big even the opening credits are are amazing. Um, it looks all it it looks so much like Francesco Frank art, that classic flat yeah. style. But uh, you know, I don't want to give anything away. But for anyone interested, uh, chilling the chilling adventures of Sabrina on Netflix is excellent. I haven't heard I haven't heard anything bad from anyone about it that's watched it so far. They really enjoyed it. You know, people tell me I never thought I would enjoy a a Sabrina show, but this is like a whole new level of this kind of show. It's right up there with like Hill, you know, Haunting of Hill House and fucking Daredevil season three this month. That that's some good shit, man. Your nine ninety nine worth, let me tell you, or your ten ninety nine worth from Netflix, man. Um, uh, and with how well it's being received, I haven't watched it, but uh, I I keep hearing about it. Everyone's talking about it. Uh, that success has to be proof that they can do the same thing with uh, some of the other uh, series that they have running. There's been long running. It's yeah, coming out very slowly, but uh, Afterlife with Archie uh, has been very popular for like uh, five years now, maybe. Oh, the comic? And 
Yeah. That, that's an and, amazing uh, comic. It is so yeah, hard to and, find. And like, that is uh, <laughs> art by Francesco Francovia. It is. And that, oh, I don't want to talk because it's, I, I forgot who the publisher is. It's their publisher. Uh, it's it's Archie Comics is uh, is the publisher. Yo, there it's so hard to get like a trade or, you know, they halt issues. Oh, it's it's so good though. It's excellent. Yes, you know, uh, if anyone ever gets to read um, Afterlife with Archie, that that's an amazing comic book story. Like just uh, and and if you. And if you enjoy that, uh, it spawned uh, a growing number of series that are that are going now. Uh, in addition to Afterlife with Archie and uh, the Sabrina series, there's also uh, Jughead the Hunger, where Jughead is a werewolf. Nice. Uh, there's a uh, newer one is Vampironica. Oh, shit. So they, they've got tons of stuff going. They could make all, they could have their own uh, series of, uh, of streaming shows. That's amazing. I mean, I uh, I might have to re- revisit Riverdale after this. It did have the similar aesthetic, but uh, yeah. So Sabrina, Sabrina is definitely going to lead the way, um, right at this point because uh, it's uh, I they go. I mean, you're you're seeing like the devil's goat with blood dripping coming out of the tree. <laughs> just fucking crazy, man. There's, there's some dark shit in there. There's there's one um, episode because they're they they all string together, but they're they have standalone stories in the episodes as well. And there's like, there's this exorcism episode where they perform an exorcism. And this shit is fucking creepy, man. It is straight <laughs> up creepy. Like, they're doing some crazy shit in this. So, yeah, highly recommended. Oh, and the the, the, the principal of the school is the guy who played Balky on Perfect Strangers. So, how could you go wrong? Ah, <laughs> Bronson Pinchot. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I was like, yo, that's freaking Balky. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah not, uh, not as awesome as having somebody from Highway to Heaven on your podcast, though. Let's be no, honest. No, <laughs> uh, absolutely not. We we win on that one. <laughs> yeah. oh, uh, have you uh, have you been keeping up with Titans? <laughs> nah, man. Not not by choice. I want I want to watch it. I'm gonna watch it. How how's it been? Yeah, uh, I'm liking it so far. It's uh, it's been getting a little bit better as it goes along. As we get past the introduction kind of phases to characters and we're getting a little more into the story things are getting rolling yeah uh we're finally seeing uh the team now uh, actually being all together for the first time Mm. and in this week's episode we get the introduction to uh, the doom patrol oh cool and they're fantastic uh they it gave me really high hopes for that series when it starts up. That's crazy because you got Doom Patrol within Titans, and then you're also getting Watchmen on HBO, right? <clears throat> yeah. So it's like it's fucking everything, everywhere, man. It's just, like, you're getting all these amazing characters on all these networks. It's uh, pretty wild. And then you have uh, Gotham's but, final season was announced for yeah. January as well. So um, yeah, and- I, I might actually have to watch some of this season just to see what crazy shit they pull out before uh before they pull the plug yeah for anyone who uh enjoys the gotham series um the final season starts january and uh that should be interesting um to see what happens with all of that i know we got a a picture of their bane and i actually thought it was darth vader with his mask off like i was like Yo, what the fuck yeah, yeah. they're making some choices there but that's that's their thing they've been making some real choices right from the beginning. But that's say, man, that's why we love comics, man. Because then you go back, you don't if you don't like certain things, you go back to like this Tom King issue with the Penguin, and 
it's a double crossers double crossing fucking bane and flashpoint batman's there and the source material is not called the source material for nothing like the comic readers are always going to be the top on the totem pole aren't they like just you know at the at the at the pulse of it just like gene said in a in bob's burgers what was that for that (laughs) (laughs) channel six news they'll finger anything with a pulse uh gene i think you mean they have their finger on the pulse (laughs) no Bob's Burgers. Have you did you see the Halloween episode of Bob's Burgers this year? No, I didn't. Shit, I I watch it all on uh, on Netflix. I think so. I'm, uh, I guess I'm behind. I think somebody. Uh, I think what was it? I think the guy was going around stealing kids' candy or something, and then it turned out to be the dentist, and he's like, oh. "I'm sick of you, dirty cavities." <laughs> and oh man, they they do a good Halloween special of Bob's Burgers, man. Yeah, uh, like when uh, when the kids uh, took that uh, ferry over to to the island. Yeah, uh, yeah. People have to go trick or treating there. Yeah, <laughs> but this year, um, Tina was an, uh, a nun holding a briefcase, and Linda's like, "Oh, what are you supposed to be this year?" And she goes, "None of your business." And she's like, oh, you, you, you're not going to get so rude about it. Jeez. And Bob's like, no, I think she is <laughs> like, whatever, Bob. She has an attitude. She has an attitude. <laughs> and, and, and fucking uh, Louise was dragging with the girl tattoo. <laughs> and Linda's, like, oh, that's awesome. Linda's like, oh, that's really clever, dear. And she's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and, and Jean was I. Uh, Andre the Giant 3000 or something. You know, Andre oh. 3000 the Giant. <laughs> oh, shit, uh, man. Mashup cost- uh, a friend of mine does mashup costumes a lot of times. Uh, like he's, he's one of those guys that you know, wins every costume competition he goes in. <laughs> yeah. uh, he, he creates some really fun mashup costumes. Uh, he's done uh, Freddy Krueger Freddy Krueger Mercury. Oh, where shit. he's, you know, his costume is a mix of Freddy Krueger and Freddy Mercury. He's got the mustache on, but he's also got the the blade hand. Uh, he did uh, George Michael Myers. So, you know, <laughs> wearing the Michael Myers uh, mask and with a leather jacket. And, nice. And uh, I think... Uh, I think the I think the Michael Myers mask had like five o'clock shadow on it. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> and well, the question will always be there, Mule Curve. Yeah, the the one question that I've <laughs> never heard a real answer for. Um, maybe we'll never get it. You know, the chicken or the egg? Where the fuck is the trunkler? <laughs> hey, Gotham dwellers. Make sure to stop everything right now and subscribe to Bat Force Radio. We can be found on iTunes and SoundCloud. Don't miss out. Guaranteed to satisfy all of your Batman and DC needs.